Good day. I hope everyone's had a great week. Uh, great weekend as well, I guess, by the time you're hitting this on Monday. Damn, I gotta get used to that still. Uh, recording this midweek, ready for next week. Uh, today, for me, is January 6th. Uh, I spent the day getting inundated with insurrection media shoved down my throat. Uh, that's That was fun. Uh, nothing better than continuous propaganda shoved down your throat. Uh, for context, I guess I've I've now ranted about January 6th. I have to cover that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was smart to, to do that, but uh, it certainly wasn't what it was amped up to be. Uh, as we've covered countless times, the government and media always will make a spin and, and bastardize something for their motive. And uh, actually, it's, it's quite fitting to what we're going to talk on today, how uh, you may feel the, the desire for violence or be getting impatient with progress and look at violence as a possible opportunity. Uh, it's not the answer, at least not yet. Uh, I'm not saying that in any hint that violence is the answer. Uh, however, I am not naive historically. Sometimes violence is the answer in extreme circumstances. Mind you, uh, some of you, myself included, may feel like we're in extreme circumstances. However, we've got a long way to go before we're truly in extreme. Uh, but if you look at January 6th and, and you take your lessons from that, which we absolutely need to do, uh, is to learn from others' mistakes so we don't make them. Uh, January 6th, the Great Insurrection. Uh, if, you're, if you're one of AOC and crew... Uh, the hardcore Democrats in the states, borderline socialists. Uh, it was the worst thing since September 11th. Um, violent and and tragic and post-traumatic stress. All of this nonsense. And, and then you look at the right-hand side and, and you see pictures of Grandma in the same Senate chambers. Uh, you've got a picture of a mild-mannered neighbor, perhaps, carrying a podium. Uh you're, you're getting two sides of a story where the truth is somewhere in the middle. Uh, you saw January 6th, and it was reported as violent and insurrection. Just for context, and again, I, I don't need to cite the sources on this because it's abject fact. You can, you can look it up yourself if you need. If you genuinely need somebody to give you sources, email me and I, I will send them to you. Uh, nobody has been charged for January 6th for any weapons charges at all. Uh, nobody died of any unnatural causes. There was, unfortunately, a couple um, natural cause events. Uh, I believe one police officer had a heart attack. Sorry, there was one violence death. Uh, it was a police officer shot a protester. Uh, granted, that protester was advancing on police through a window. Did it justify her losing her life? No. Can I necessarily blame the police officer? Not really. Uh much like George Floyd's situation, and I might catch flack for that, uh, the person didn't deserve to die, neither did George Floyd. Uh, however, the, the situation was moved to a point where it got sketchy uh, by the, the, the victim. So it's like, it's, I'm not blaming the victim. However, it was a tragedy on both sides. Um, Ashley Babbitt should have known better and not to advance on a police officer. Uh, a police officer should have attempted to not use his firearm or lethal force in the case of George Floyd. Um, both are abhorrent on both sides. Uh, it's just a bad time. But you did not see a bunch of Trump-supporting rednecks with guns take over the Capitol building. It's just not how it happened. 
we've got f- the day of footage, and it, it, some doors were held open. Uh, the the infamous uh, QAnon Viking, QAnon Shaman. There's video of him actually having polite conversation with the security guard, uh, and then after having a conversation with the security guard, asking to just be peaceful and respectful. This is this is a pretty sacred place, and a, a quite nice dialogue. Uh, sure, he they should not have been there technically, um, but if you if you contextualize, and that's the problem is so many people pick one side, and this is the side I agree with, and they cannot kind of put themselves in the other people's shoes. So, I certainly don't necessarily agree with everyone that went in on the Capitol. I absolutely agree with their right to protest and be there, uh, maybe not inside the chambers and, and breaching the threshold, but out front, having a, a rally, there's nothing wrong with that. You are beyond, I think it's, it's in this day and age, it's your civic duty to protest unruly government. And whether you agree with them or not, that's, that is their motive. People there that day are protesting or were protesting a government they saw as illegitimate or, or just nefarious. Uh, they, they were exercising. You don't have to agree with the cause. They have, a, they have an inherent civil right to protest, just as we do here in Canada. But you have to look at it from their perspective. They, they look at that that Senate House as, as their taxpayer property, and they're not actually wrong. Uh, you, you should enter it and, and obey civic rules, um, but they're not wrong. They, they do have a right to be there. They just don't have a right to be there forcefully. And again, that is not a settled fact. Uh, there is video of security guards letting people in. Uh, there's other video of probably FBI agents uh, in disguise. That's a whole other episode where we're going to get into uh, controlled opposition and plants. Uh, we've seen it before. It's, it's not... It sounds like a conspiracy, and it's for a large part been made as a dismissal mechanism. But truth be told, the government has planted people and done things in sketchy ways to try and bait people into illegal crap. Uh, you've got that in Governor Whitner in Michigan. Uh, her assassination, assassination and kidnapping attempt was almost unilaterally planned by FBI agents, and I believe two civilians. But in that case... The civilians didn't initiate the planning. The FBI agents did. But again, I, I digress. I'm getting carried away already, and I haven't even really got into this. I'll, I'm going to cover controlled opposition and some of the, the tactics on another episode. We've actually got a guest we're scheduling for that one. Um, but the, the larger point is, today's January 6th. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be the 10th, I believe. And violence, much like it January 6th, it... Sometimes you get so desperate it feels like it's the only option. And unfortunately, we're in a time where it's easy to feel desperate, and it's easy to feel like that might be the only option, but it is precisely this time where it is the worst possible option. Again, I'm, I'm not naive. History shows us there are times where violence is required. America was founded on violence. The answer to September 11th was violence. Did we need to answer September 11th with violence? Yes. Yes, we did. Did it need to take 20 years? It didn't. But it did need to be met with force. So there are scenarios. I, and these people that say violence is never the end, 
it's just intellectually dishonest. Sometimes violence has to be the answer, because the only other option is death. Um, that being said, it has to be used sparingly. You should never default to violence. That is simply a weak mind that, that can only answer in violence. Nonetheless, we're in desperate times for some people. Uh, people losing their jobs, people not being allowed to see family, not being al allowed to open their business. It can feel absolutely desperate, but the problem is, much like January 6th, as we circle back around, um, they will use any violence right now, because right now, the people in the resistance side of what's going on, we are not in control, and we are not the majority. So any move when you don't have an upper hand, is going to be used against you tenfold. Any violence, any increase of aggression, is going to be met tenfold. They will use the actions of a few to justify grotesque things for a minority. It, it's been, happened a bunch of times in history, and it's no different now. They are literally going to keep poking until somebody pops off. And that is just exactly why we need to look back at what's going on there in in dc and we see the fallout they've had the the whole inquisition over it all and they're not letting up they're using it as a pretext for all sorts of investigations and just abusive authority and we desperately need to remember that as it gets darker and darker and trust me guys i don't my, I have very, very little hope. I actually, I'm glad I waited till today to record this episode because just today, uh, Aaron O'Toole has now opened the door to criticize Justin Trudeau. So recently, uh, I don't believe I've talked about it in the last news episode, um, but Justin Trudeau came out and said, anyone who's unvaccinated is a extremist, misogynistic racist. And just, we're, we're seeing the rhetoric become more amplified. Uh, Emmanuel Macron from France, he actually espoused that the 5 million unvaccinated people in France are no longer citizens in an off-the-cuff comment. And then he, in direct translation, is going to shit on them. He, he said in, in a contextual translation, he basically wants to make their lives so difficult that it just pisses them off. And I saw a lot of Canadians get amped up about this. The funny thing is, what he was talking about to piss them off is the stuff we're already dealing with. They're talking about doing a vaccine passports for society. Uh, so it's it's kind of funny. The language he uses is abhorrent, but it's funny to see Canadians getting mad at his language for stuff we're putting up with. Um, but nonetheless, Aaron O'Toole came out and said that Justin Trudeau speaking this way of the unvaccinated, is divisive and unnecessary and certainly not helping vaccine take-up. Now, it's a half measure in my mind. Uh, it is not enough uh, of a response when you've got the leader of a democratic country where the prime minister is nonetheless, despite his partisanship, he's still tasked with the duty of representing on behalf of the entire population. Now, certainly when you represent a mass population, you're never going to please everyone. But it is implicit that, like, you do not explicitly vilify any any group, any group at all, um, that is that represents a portion of your society. So for him to come out and say what he did about the unvaccinated was so... <laughs> 
it puts him into the same ranks as the most evil dictators we've seen. The the language is getting so scary that it it can't be ignored, and it 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 hasn't been. So now Aaron O'Toole has come out and said this is wrong. It's not helping. You're you're doing damage, and we can't talk like this. Uh, I don't think it was a harsh enough criticism, but to give him the grace that he's not due, um, but give it to him anyway, it's something. It's a start, um, and. I've been brainstorming this week with a, with a few political activist friends, and we're trying to figure out how we can kind of capitalize, strike while the iron's hot, and keep the momentum up, because we are slowly getting a pushback towards these authoritarian measures. Um, now that Ontario's gone into another lockdown, people are kind of seeing through, a lot more people are starting to see through it at least. But uh, it, it kind of came to me, now that Aaron O'Toole has opened the door to criticize the vilification of the unvaccinated, which he absolutely has now done, the best thing we can do, 100%, if you're listening to this, if, if you're not listening to this, if you've got a friend you're thinking of right now, you've got somebody, anyone, tell your mother, brother, cousin, email, call, and write your MPs of federal parliament, members of parliament, write them, email them, contact them, encourage them to raise a point of order, and have them censor this this comment. And I don't mean censor as in Facebook censored me. I mean censure as in chastise and rebuke this statement publicly on the record. So that we can we can start the political pushback that's necessary to keep this ball moving. Um, now that Aaron O'Toole has opened the door to criticize, it means he is no longer whipping his MPs into silence on this topic. That's a huge folly of our political system is we, we operate in a vote whip system where the party line is the party line. So you you elect a, a local representative, but that representative will not speak outside of the... They, or, or they'll be kicked out of caucus, as you've seen with Belinda Carlyle-Hocus. Um, mind you, she's uh, MPP, but nonetheless, you, you'll get kicked out of caucus if you don't toe the line. Um, which is a, it's a detriment to, to our democracy because it means they can't actually represent you unless what you're asking to be represented is within Aaron O'Toole's purview. Nonetheless, he's opened the door. We have a green light to pursue this line, and we need to do it with all of the energy and fervency we can. As for Ontario, uh, Doug Ford... We are now into our fourth lockdown. I honest to God, I, I'm not even like being dramatic. I can't count how many lockdowns we've had now. Um, realistically, we've never we've had one lockdown. We've just had varying degrees of how hard it is. We've we've never once gotten back out of lockdown uh, to one extreme or the other. We're still in the first lockdown, guys. Take it or leave it. That that's where I see us. But, nonetheless, we're back into a fairly substantial lockdown. You've got, um, I believe they cancelled most kids' sports. Uh, they cancelled, uh, movie theaters are closed, restaurants, gyms. Gyms are closed. We're in, we're in a pandemic. Uh, disproportionately affects overweight people, unhealthy people. We're closing the gyms again. Uh, really means no difference to me. Uh, all this means to me is, uh, everyone around me is now dealing with the same restrictions I've dealt with for the last four months as not being a participant of the passport system uh but this is actually good news for people like me uh because 
people that have been passively going along with it are now starting to see this kind of sucks. Uh, the the problem the the goal now is to to get them to contextualize it and understand that this is what people have been forced to live with for quite some time now, uh, and it sucks. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not moral. It's not ethical. And now that we're seeing the giant spike of Decepticon, it's not even effective. Uh, it's it's not working. And I can say that out loud. Uh, most politicians can't. Uh, most medical people can't. Like we said, with being a religion, which this is actually turned into a religion, uh, you can't speak against it. Even in the face of clear and present evidence. Uh, it's quite clear it's not working. Can, can, why can't we have that conversation? It's not working, so let's pivot and change something. Let's do something that, that will work. Let's rapid test long-term cares from the start. I said this from the, the dead start. Prioritize testing at long-term care homes and at-risk people from the start. And I don't care about your vaccine status. It doesn't matter if you have a vaccine or not. You can catch it. You can spread it. We, this is abject truth at this point. So why are we still half-measuring it and pretending like it works while putting people at risk? Let's narrow the, the util- utilization of supplies and focus on people that it'll actually save. Because, sorry, if you're testing all of the school children, it's not going to save anyone. Sure, you can feel better because you got Susie out of the class before Jacob could get sick from her. Okay, but statistically speaking, Susie and Jacob were already always going to be fine. Uh, and if you've got an at-risk teacher, why are you in the class? Uh, get online and teach from online if you're at risk. If you're petrified and have massive left-wing anxiety over all this, go online. I, I've never sat here and advocated for one side only. If you don't feel good sending your kids to school, put them online. I, there's plenty of teachers that don't want to be in school. They'd rather be online. There's parents with kids. They'd rather have online. We can serve both sides without alienating anyone. The problem is we're living in a world where one side dictates to the other. And, that, and we need to find balance. And it's, it's really not that hard to find. There's a ton of people on both sides of this. And that's the thing. I, there really is. There's a ton of people that are all for these lockdowns and mandates and whatnot. And they're genuinely living in abject fear that this is this is impending doom. And you know what? I, you can't talk reason to them. You can't, and that's fine. It's not my job to change their mind. But the fact is, we have people in that group, and we have teachers in that group, so we can solve that problem. Those teachers doesn't matter. You're remote, so you can be teachers in Kawartha Lakes, and you could teach people here in St. Thomas online. But if you've got people, if you've got teachers in St. Thomas that are willing to teach in person, and you've got students in St. Thomas and you're willing to teach them and send them to school, guess what? Both sides can win here. You don't, it's, it's not a pick one or the other thing. You can do this. And it's, we're just, we need to get back to, to basic fundamental things in, in society where the, the, the patients aren't running the asylum. Um, and hopefully with this lockdown, that's, that's where, at least what I'm seeing is where we're heading. Um, I've, I've got a, a friend who their cohort, their boss actually was, was literally let go, um, because of a, another mandate. And I was talking to him and he was basically explaining to me that he, 
he has people in his work group that were for mandates, were for all this nonsense, and literally were laughing at nurses being fired because it was their choice. They made a stupid choice. Now that it's hitting home, you've got people that literally cheered this on that are now changing their minds and seeing that, okay, this is a real cost to people. This is really hurting people I care about. Okay, now I, I, this is where I can't, do, I can't stand this. We've got to do something. Um, or myself, we've got, uh, there's a, a lady in our, our, my work where she was for the vaccines. Fine. Again, it's not a, it's not a naive person. She did her research and she calculated it was a best, better investment for her to get the vaccine. Cool. That's your choice. I, you do you. Um, that's cool. So she got two and, uh, she actually laughed at me for kind of pushing back. Um, now we're looking at possibly a third mandate and, uh, they approached me as discussing like, well, how, how would I go about trying to get out of this as now they're pregnant? And again, I think that's a very, very, very valid objection. You don't want to take any risks unnecessarily when you're pregnant. You've already got two doses. Stats say you're probably fine from the virus without them and you've got them. So you're double fine. Uh, the risk posed to this person being a middle-aged female, uh, healthy, not, uh, not very high. She doesn't have to worry too much about this at all, but she, she feels, and again, it's, it's not unjust. She feels that there may be potential risk to getting a third dose while pregnant. That's a valid concern. Um, but how do you fight that fight? I, I felt bad. I couldn't help her. Uh, had she fought from the start, she could have maybe stood that ground but that wasn't her position then and things change in life and that should be okay but but what should be okay and what's what's logical and sensible isn't always what happens so if we get a third mandate i don't know how she navigates it i i don't know as uh, as somebody who cares and is invested in this this resistance i don't know how you fight back after you've got two and it's a real good question. I've actually, I've got an, another buddy who's a, a teacher, and it looks like they're getting forced to, to three. He doesn't know what he's going to do either. And it's a hell of a situation to be in because it's like half of you morally you 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 object to it. You, something in your soul or something in your in in your mind, whether it's based on knowledge or just a gut feeling, something feels off. And how do you how do you object? Because we've as a society now we have literally given up that for the largest part. Um, society has said, no, it's okay. They can tell us what goes in and out of our body. Um, for the most part, at least some of us have, have stood that line and it's, it's sacred and it truly is. It is, it is absolutely sacred. Um, being a Christian, the, the Bible clearly says, give unto Caesar, what is Caesar's? That means pay your damn taxes. I disagree with taxes. I, I think our government are horrible stewards of it and i think they take way too much i still pay my taxes it's, money isn't of christ it's not it's not a christian thing it's it's the world we live in so i'll give unto caesar what caesar's but at the end of the day my body is is not caesar's my body does not belong to the government and it doesn't get to dictate what goes in it um that's been my my ethos the whole time it's just people didn't understand eh, Maybe they did understand how, how dark the perspective was. They just assumed it could never get that dark. But, but that door has been blown open. Uh, there, once you're on the merry-go-round, I really don't know how you get off. Um, 
and like, don't get me wrong, I, I can only, I can only fight this battle so long. If we're looking into winter, uh, and they're saying kids can't play sports without it, or a kid's parents can't go to sports without it, um, certainly I won't be getting my kids this. The, the risk to ratio is astronomically off the charts, not in favor. But say kids sports in the winter, um, they're allowed to go. There's no mandate for kids in the winter. Uh, and parents have to. Well, at that point, we can't, we can't starve my kids of, of sports and extracurriculars for three years. So at that point, we may come to a point where one of, one of us in this house are going to have to get one. Uh, we certainly won't both. Uh, but practically speaking, at some point we can't, we can't make our kids pay this price. But for now, we're going to, we're going to fight tooth and nail because something's not right. Something's fishy, and uh, we're pretty convicted on it. But for three, which three is coming? Like, don't get, don't kid yourselves. It's Quebec has announced today, actually, uh, January sixth. They they will be mandating three to keep your passport valid at the end of February. So with Quebec doing it, don't think Doug Ford's too long. Truly, I think that'll be be announced when this next version of lockdown ends. I think when they reintroduce the QR system, the the codes, I think it will be contingent on dose three. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I, th- I think he's going to lose people at that. Uh, it might not be enough, but every time they push the goalposts, you're losing people. And when they lose people, we gain people. Uh, and we're, we're getting closer and closer to critical mass and and i think the conversation is due to boil up soon pragmatically speaking i think by fourth dose maybe we'll be talking resistance or or genuine pushback um but even now ctv news in london is is airing a friendly perspective of anti-lockdowns uh they're not satirizing it satirizing it sorry um they're not making fun of it uh they're they're showing honest projections of of people who are against this small businesses that have been shuttered yet again uh people that may not survive this uh you've got drug addicts and whatnot that there are people hanging on by a thread as it is so the narrative is shifting slowly uh aaron o'toole has decided to find a little bit of backbone uh hopefully this is a, a, a ramp up um, maybe now he'll let Pierre Polyev off the leash and let him do the job he needs to do. Uh, but it's it's getting there. And and like I circling back around to what to do now, how to resist, how to how to push back in an effective manner. Because I've seen some pretty laughable ways of quote unquote pushing back. Um, I believe some there was one thing floating around to try and press charges on Justin Trudeau for speaking in a violent manner. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, it's yeah, absolutely. What he said was, was terrible. And if it was anyone else, it could potentially be considered criminal. Um, but a Facebook petition isn't going to get Justin Trudeau charged. Um, but that being said, that that is literally what sparked me to think of, okay, we need to call our MPs and I'm, I'm going to do up some graphics for this and we're going to, we're going to try and spread it around. Um, but we have an opportunity to strike now that the climate is changing. So we need to keep that momentum and just double down. Uh, it's, it's like the, the linebackers just keep pushing. Once you, once you lock up, just keep pushing and don't stop till the whistle goes. Um, and you'll just keep building steam. So absolutely email, reach out to your MPPs, MPs, sorry, 
federal parliament um, and push to have a point of order raised uh, and, and address the, the rhetoric and force it to be recorded and on record to, to tone it down um, and that this kind of language will not be tolerated. Um, certainly Justin Trudeau doesn't care. He doesn't care what the courts say. He doesn't care what the law says. But it needs to be, it needs to be done by the process. Because uh, simply raging against the machine isn't going to get you anywhere. It's just going to give the machine new tools to, to kind of exact on you. If, if, we, if we start to riot in Toronto, Toronto's just going to get locked down by police. Uh, if you throw pebbles at Justin Trudeau, you're just going to have a shit ton of court problems. Um, so you have to be smart, you have to be tactile, and, and just careful. Because every step, every move has to be intentional at this point. Because this is for all the chips. Like we said in the kickoff of this 2022, this year is it. This year is win or lose. And I actually got laughed at. I mentioned that to a friend, and it, they, they said, oh, well, that's what you said last year. And they're not wrong. I did say that last year, and it turns out I'm saying it again this year. But we've, we've made progress, and we've lost progress. Last year, it just, yeah, we didn't, ha- we didn't get critical mass. We didn't get pushed far enough. And I've accepted that, that I do believe this year, if we don't, it's done anyway. I, I, after this, it's you just have to accept this is where you're living in. Uh, that's when the Solzhenitsyn starts to come out, and you have to learn how to live in an oppressed state, how to be free in an oppressed regime. Uh, but I do believe we have a chance. To, it's not too late. We still can get this back, and it's, it's not only going to take a lot of effort, it's going to take a lot of control and... and not overdoing it, not overplaying it. Uh, I had another conversation this week with a friend um, about how when this is over, I can't wait to, to, to point out you guys are the reasons this happened. Uh, for context, he was talking about how kids are going to have issues after this. They're going to have... My kid, he's got a, a massive reading delay. Uh, he's reading at a kindergarten level. He's in grade two. Um, and yeah, he's not wrong. But we can't rub it in people's faces yet. And he, we had a conversation, he, he understood that. But uh, the truth is, you, you need everyone on your side that you can right now. And we can't, we can't be petty, we can't belittle. If people are starting to wake up and see the mess that's going on right now, uh, and realize, because again, we go back many episodes to our mass psychosis episode. Um, and since then, and we were actually ahead of the curve on that one. Uh, since then, you've had a lot of prominent uh, scientists and, and people pushing back bring out the idea of mass hypnosis or mass uh, formation is, is the term a lot of people have been using lately. But you go back to that, and typically when a mass psychosis is happening, or, or has happened, uh, people will fall under the spell of the mass psychosis in a, in a group so you get large swaths of people all at once will come down with mass psychosis or mass formation. But when they come out of it, when, when people start to realize what's happened or where they, like, kind of when the glasses come off, it, it happens one by one. It, it's not a group awakening. So you have to treat 
everyone with the same kindness and same compassion because it's it's really not their fault that they've kind of fallen for it and i don't mean that to say that covid is is a hoax or this that and the other i i this isn't the time for those conversations uh we can question all sorts of it but right now we have to deal with the social problem and the social problem is too many people are buying this but it's slowly ending and you have to treat everyone with grace uh, even your, like, I, I've know people who have pushed for lockdowns who are the Twitter parents who say that if you open schools, you're going to kill my kid. Uh, people are, have gone off the deep end, some people, but you still can't hold that against them. You have to look at these people and understand that it's not their fault. It's not their fault that they have taken this to an unreasonable and irrational level. Uh, the media, the politicians, uh, even some doctors. Uh, you've seen doctors out of Calgary who were later revealed getting millions of dollars from Pfizer. There, there's been people working the strings on a level that you can't really blame people for. Uh, I grew up thinking you could trust CBC News. Um, maybe true back then. It's certainly not true now. Uh, but there's a lot of people that are still here today that grew up with the same idea, they just haven't seen through it yet. They they still think that you can trust CBC News. They're they're the crown broadcasting company. They're they're there to to do the job to the the service to the people. And it, eventually, you learn it's not true. But getting there, it, it's delicate. You have to you have to be gentle. You have to take it easy. And now is not the time to gloat, really. So yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, we've actually shuffled a bunch of our scheduling around so that we can kind of deal with this as quick as we can. Uh, my goal is to impact change. I've always wanted to have the tough conversations and, and have it in a way where we can have both sides understand. And again, I don't want to belittle either side. Um, but now is where we strike when the iron's hot. Um, people are really mad now, and it doesn't matter. Vaccine status right now doesn't matter to anybody. Uh, right now, everyone's mad at the government, at least here in Ontario. I've, I've been really guilty of focusing on Ontario right now. Um, sorry. <laughs> the rest of you, I'm sorry. Um, we'll, we'll get you soon enough. But, uh, yeah, people are done. They're done with it. They see through it. So now we have to capitalize. Now is when we, we make our points on the board. Um, so we're, we're moving some scheduling around to have some, some policy and COVID related conversations. Uh, and then we've got back to our normal scheduling. Um, we've got, uh, I'm actually really excited. 2022 for us is already off to an amazing start. Um, speaking of paying the fee, uh, we're on Spotify now. Uh, we actually now have added Facebook uh, we've got our Instagram, we've got Twitter, and we've got Getter. Um, we jumped on that trend when Joe Rogan switched over. So if you want to reach out to us, we are on pretty much every social media platform. Uh, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, Spotify or podcast apps. Please give us a rating. Uh, we are we are anxious to get officially listed in the ratings on Spotify. We're so close. So if you can give us a rating on Spotify, that'd be awesome. Preferably five stars. Um, 
but yeah, we we are already seeing incredible growth. Uh, like I said last week, uh, 26%, 27% of our, our listeners were in the last month alone. Uh, we're, we're growing at a crazy speed in the last little bit, which is awesome. Uh, we've had steady growth since we started, and it's been, it's been so rewarding to uh, see people really appreciate these conversations. Uh, it shows there's a, a need for not just celebrity conversations like Joe Rogan, but but simple, normal people having these tough conversations, have it, talking about issues people feel like they can't talk about. Um, so share it and, and let us keep doing this. As we reach the people kind of on the edge of the middle, um, where people are coming back to, to reality, uh, oops, there goes gravity. That was a ter- I'm, I need, that was bad. I apologize. That was, that was dad humor coming in. Uh, I'm not going to edit that out though. You, you guys get real me. Um, but no, we're, we're trying desperately now to reach people in the middle and, and welcome them and make them understand that you're not crazy. You are allowed to change your mind. Uh, new information comes out, you have new perspectives and it's okay to change your mind. Uh, you, again, you don't have to jump in my pool, uh, but you're welcome somewhere in between. Uh, there's room for everyone uh, and we just have to have conversation. It, you, you don't have to force your opinion on me and I don't have to force it on you. Uh, this is how society has functioned mostly my whole life other than the last three years. Um, and it's certainly not the society I want to, to raise my kids in. I want a society where they have the option to have a difference of opinion without being shut out of society. But we're doing it. We're, we're, we are laying the bricks now for just that and it may not seem like much but every week we reach more and more people we are winning this battle slowly but steadily and it's not because we're doing anything crazy we're just doing the thing that people seem to not do anymore is to have the middle ground conversations about tough topics uh i'd love for a day to come where this podcast is obsolete I don't need to have these conversations because they're not hard to have. They're not rare. Um, but until then, we're going to be here. So pay the fee. Share us with friends. Uh, if you've got people kind of in the middle, if you've got people that are far on the outsides, share this and let us have a conversation. Uh, if, if you think I've missed something or if there's a topic you'd like me to touch on or you'd like to argue me, our email is in the show notes. I welcome any discussion. Uh, as long as you're respectful, I, I will happily have a conversation with pretty much anyone. Um, again, as long as you're respectful, you don't have to agree with me. And I've, I've been very consistent on that. So until next week, uh, stay well, everyone, and stay free.
Somewhere close to harmony When the world is sound asleep Something's gonna bring the change Journeys we are meant to take Something at the edge of space Calling us to fly away Don't you be afraid, everything will change You and I, jumping off the edge They say dreamers never die So come and fly, come and fly, come and fly Fly away.